The following show is being broadcasted from an undisclosed location. Two former special operators have combined their badassery and now sharing it with the world. They ain't alive no more. All with a beer and a smile. This is the Savage Actual Podcast. And now your hosts combat vets with 20 plus deployments between the two of them and enough testosterone to operate the power grid of Los Angeles. Savage Actual. Now your hosts, Jason and Patrick. What's up, party people? Savage Actual. I am one of two hosts, Jason Lilly. Got my co-host, Mr. What's your name again? What's up, everybody? This is Patrick Maltrop. I am here with Jason and... Bobby, yeah. you want to give us a, give us a, say a hello to everybody? What's up, guys? Bobby Rostano here, uh, Recal Marine, uh, Scout Sniper, JTAC, now civilian. Very recently, within the past thirty days, I just got my first paycheck. Uh, nice. Happy to be here with you guys. Oh yeah, man! It's good to have you here, man. I, I've known you for going on what three years now? Four, I would say maybe? three, four years. Yeah. Yeah, I met you through uh, Clancy, I believe, right? Yeah. Mr. Fancy Schmancy. So, Fancy Schmancy? It, Bobby and I hit it off. We realized our inner shitbag powers were very strong, so we, we instantly hit it off, and uh, here we are. So happy to have you on the show, man. You are our first – I wouldn't say first, actually. We did have, as you know, Mr. Brian Jacklin. But- yeah, just recently, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 You're our first dedicated non-sellout recondo that stayed in the recon realm. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like Brian. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you didn't go into, you didn't jump yeah. into the raider side of things. You know what? I uh, I had a I had a good thing going at the time when that thing happened, and uh, and I just I stayed, man. Hell yeah, yeah, yeah. Was that so? Was that kind of the big thing? Is and I, you know, I can see that being so calm and more money was that the sort of the natural progression of people's orders as you got to be a little bit more senior like eventually there's like hey we're cutting you orders to to um marsoc or actually it it kind of stopped that right once guys did everybody have to start going through their their operator course or whatever it's called yeah so so where i was i was at uh fort story virginia i was a uh ars instructor and finishing up my tour there and the monitor at the time what happened was they were closing down that schoolhouse and the monitor was like hey you know it kind of sucks that we're closing down this schoolhouse you know you guys can go wherever you want and so a lot of guys were like hey i want to go to marsoc and i i wanted to go to first force because i i'd never done any time on the on the west coast and and that's what i chose at that time and it kind of you know, I never went over to Marsoc when, when all those guys did. And then I, I picked up rank and things happened in my life and never, never ended up going over there. So were they, uh, were they requiring that at a certain point? Like, even though you've been in, like, let's say I'm just throwing out a rank. Let's say you were a staff sergeant, or a gunnery sergeant, and you've obviously you're a senior recon guy. You've done a ton of stuff at a certain point were they saying, Hey, we need you to go through the Marsoc training, even yeah. though you'd already, okay. Okay. I, I had heard like for a long time, it was 
guys were just getting orders and rolling over there. I didn't know at some point if they were like, well, now you need to go through our training. I didn't know if they were doing that to more senior guys. No, it was, it was never like that. It was a choice. Oh, okay. Nice. So let's, let's back it up a little bit, brother. Where, where are you from, man? Start us from the beginning. How the fuck did you end up in the Marine Corps? (laughs) So it's a good story. So, uh, I grew up in Jersey, um, till I was, I, I want to say 14, 15 years old. So now we're talking, uh, 94 timeframe. And my father worked for, uh, continental airlines. So we would like fly for free. So we'd always like go places. And one of the places that we went to was Las Vegas, um, all the time, you know, my parents would gamble and I'd go to the arcade, <laughs> Uh, when that was a thing, like the arcades were real big back then in Vegas. And so then the housing boom happened. If you guys remember that time frame, and you were on the West coast. So housing boom, I mean, construction went crazy in Vegas in the late nineties and you could buy, you know, a $3,000 house, uh, on, you know, an acre of land for a hundred thousand dollars, you know? So, so my parents were like, we're, we're going to buy a house out there. And they did. And we moved to uh, Las Vegas. Something happened. I don't remember in my childhood, but something happened and that house fell through and we immediately moved back to Jersey. And then a couple months later, we moved to a place called Pahrump, which is like right outside of Vegas, about uh, it's about 60 miles outside of Vegas. And that was going to be like the next big thing. I lived there through the rest of high school, actually graduated a year early because they were so behind the school system in Jersey and uh, started doing construction. I was doing construction for about two years and making a lot of money, like too much money for an 18 year old kid. And, you know, just, just partying, buying stupid stuff, you know, Dumont dunes, sand rails, street bikes, you know, living the life for, for that age. And, uh, it got to too much. We started piecing out our work. Uh, you know, we'd get paid per job. Me and my buddy, we had like a business we were running underneath his father's contractor's license. And we would piece out the work because we were, you know, partying too much or whatever. Uh, if you don't know what that means, it's like, you know, we would lay base in, in a room and we could piece it out to a guy and be like, hey, I'll give you 15 bucks to lay base in this room and 16 bucks for this room. And if you do crown molding in this room, we'll give you 25. Uh, so we were doing that business went to crap. Um, and one day I was like, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to join the military and went down into Vegas and went into, you know, the recruiting office. And I didn't know anything like, like this is how How old were you? How old were you? I was 20. Uh, so, so this is how little I, I knew about, uh, the military. So growing up, one of my favorite movies, I'm sure a lot of guys was top gun. Right. And I, I saw top gun and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to join, I'm going to get a street bike. I'll have a leather jacket. You know, chicks are going to dig me. Uh, I'm going to play freaking volleyball and, you know, moving forward, I was on my first deployment. We were playing spades in the birthing and we were talking about like our favorite movies. And I was like, yeah, I love Top Gun. You know, I was going to, that's why I always wanted to join the air force. And they were like, that's the Navy. 
So like I'm on a Navy ship and I'm still thinking Top Gun was the Air Force. Holy shit. And so anyway, I go to go back to uh, I go into the office and, you know, you go through all the recruiters and I was 20 years old. I I kind of like understood life. I wasn't 17, 18 years old. And I go through all the recruiters and I'm just like, it's just like used car salesman, you know, and and nobody really impressed me. Like they were either like fat or little dudes and. So I go through all this. I'm there for like an hour and I'm leaving. And there's like one office on the left-hand side as I'm, I'm leaving. It's like the smallest office. There's just a dude sitting behind a desk and that that poster, that like iconic poster, the, the black one, and he's got the rope. Yep. Yep. Yeah. The, the recon guy. Yeah. And, and it, you know, the, the black like Arnold Schwarzenegger cami paint, you know, across his face like commando. And, Are you uh, looking around for it, Jason? We've got it, it and we, got it we've somewhere. got it in there somewhere. <laughs> I see Jason looking around. I'm like, I know for a fact. I think it might be out in the uh, in the garage, but we we 100 have that photo. So I uh, I go in. I'm like, hey, what's this all about? And he's like, this is the Marine Corps. And I'm like, well, what can I, you know, what can I do here? And and he's like, well, what do you want to do? And I'm like, I want to do something that I can't do like in the real world. And you know, I want to like shoot guns. I was dumb, right? I- I'm like, I want to shoot guns and stuff, you know? And he's like, well, the infantry. And and I was like, all right, that, sound- that sounds good. Can-, let- can we do this? And he's like, well, we're all full right now, you know? And uh, and I'm like, shit. So he-, he makes me take the test like on the computer. I do some pull-ups. And I was like in good shape at that time. Um and he's like, yeah, you're all good. We just have no openings, you know. Uh, let's just keep in touch. So I'm, like, driving away, and my buddy that I was doing the business with, he's like, hey, we're going Havasu. Uh, you know, you want to go? So I called this recruiter, and I was like, hey, man, you want to go to Havasu? And and he's like, he's like, yeah, sure. So this dude goes to Havasu with us. We have a blast all weekend long. And, you know, Monday morning comes, he calls me and he's like, hey, uh, I got I got a spot open for you. You ready to go to you ready to go to boot camp? And I'm like, yeah, let's do it. And like I hadn't I hadn't even really talked to my mom about it that much. And I, I had moved back to my mom's house at this time. So I was like, mom, I'm going to MEPS. I didn't know what the hell that was. Right. And then I'm going to boot camp and she's like, she's, you know, there was like a long discussion, but pretty much I was like, Hey, I'm putting all my stuff in the garage, sell everything, sell the car, sell the bike, sell everything. And we'll figure it out. And so I, I go to MEPS and then I like, they give me a hotel there. And it's like, yeah. it was like weird at MEPS. There was like, people like smoking weed in the, in the rooms at MEPS. Really? Yeah. And, uh, so we, then we, then we take a flight, we get on the bus in San Diego and we're heading to boot camp. Like this is, this is within two days. Like I went from partying to I'm, I'm on the bus in boot camp, like within, I would say 48 hours. Holy shit. And, and so like the weirdest thing I'm on, I'm on the, uh, I'm on the bus we're all packed in there and like these dudes next to me, they're like, 
hey man, you want to practice your general orders? And I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. So, cause like, I was never like a poolie. Yeah. Know? That was a depth thing. When you delayed entry program, they yeah. give you that little book and have all the shit. Cause I did that. I had like went through all that bullshit and they, yeah. they want you to memorize all your general orders and like Marine Corps history and all that. Yeah. And, and so like, I, I'm like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. And he's like, all right, well, do you want to go over rank structure? And I'm like, I don't, I don't know any of this stuff. So then I'm like on this bus ride and I'm just like, I'm fucked. Like all these, kids, all these kids know this stuff that I guess I'm supposed to know. And I don't. And, you know, and, and, and throughout my career, I don't know why, but I've gone in blind, like to everything I've ever done. Like I've always gone in blind as fuck. Uh, so get into boot camp and yeah, it, everything worked itself out. Yeah, it's like they teach you. I mean, they it's it's not like they don't have a hundred classes on, like you said, rank structure and in your yeah. your fucking general yeah. orders and Marine Corps history. Like they teach you all that shit. You literally don't need to study any of it. No, and I don't need to call anybody by rank anyway. It was sir. Everything was sir. Yeah. So yeah. What's your uh, what's your funniest fucking boot camp story, man? We're trying to do this as a common thing. Like if you can remember anything. Because there's always it's the craziest fucking three months of your life, especially as a Marine. So I was I was like a horrible recruit. Uh, I have two like funny. What year? So what year was this about? So you're you're 20 years old. This is when 2000 now. Okay. Yeah. I came in at at 20. I turned 21 in boot camp in 2000. We came in at the same time. Yeah. So. uh so it's it's 2020 and I, I was like I said like I was already 20 years old and you know I kind of understood life I'm not going to say fully but like more than a 17 year old right and the funniest thing for me was like and you guys remember like at night you'd be in like your little tidy whities right and you'd all be standing there like this and you you do like this friggin' yeah. thing health and comfort uh, inspections. Yeah. yeah. So, so like when they were on the opposite side, I, I could not every single night, I could not stop laughing. Like I, I'm the guy on the other side, like, like just <laughs> like, cause they, you know, the drill instructors would like fuck with you and say weird shit. And it, I would just die crying. And then I'd make other people start like laughing on the other side. And when they came to me, I'm just laughing the whole time, you know, doing three sixties, doing this thing. Um, so that was like, my funniest time uh, in 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 boot camp, but we had this guy, and he was an older guy. He was in his late twenties, and he had already done four years in the Navy. He did four years in the Air Force, and oh no, no, it was Navy and uh, Army at that time. But his goal was to do uh, time in every single service. That was like his thing, and he was, yeah. So that was his thing. And he was kind of like not the smartest dude either. Uh, very average. And so he came to boot camp. You know how you come to boot camp with stuff and you put it into a little bag and you don't touch that stuff, you know, until yeah. you're all done. I don't know if that still happens. Um, but in his bag, he had uh, he had lead sleds because he was, in, he was uh, in the army. So he went to Airborne. So he brought those to boot camp with him. And they, the drill instructors obviously found them 
and fucked with him every single night. So he had to he had to grab the top bunk and the bottom bunk every single night and scream airborne, airborne the whole time as we were doing our inspection thing. Uh, so so that was that was something. And then I went to another guy in my platoon. This is this is the the top of the cake right here. So this guy super motivated. Uh, he ended up being like the guide. Uh, he was in great, great shape. Younger guy, though, he was like 18 probably. He had uh, he had name tapes tattooed on him before oh, he went God. to boot camp. So like he, his name and then U.S. Marines or whatever? Yes. yes. No. What the fuck? Dude, oh, my right God. When like when they, were, when they used to be straight and not, not – can't it? Yeah, they were tattooed on him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So that dude. What did the drill, what'd they think of that? Oh, it was a show, man. It was a show. What a fucking turd! Come yeah. on, bro. holy shit! Like for those yeah. guys listening, you don't put anything, whatever branch you're going into, do not put any moto shit before you earn that fucking basic title because yeah. you're gonna fucking. You're just a clown, dude. Come on. You're just highlighting yourself needlessly. Yeah, and they're going to fucking destroy you. It happens all the time. I mean, I I went to sniper school with a guy that already had an SS tattoo. Oh, my God. Did he make it? Yeah, he made it. I mean. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Fuck. So, you graduate, you get to the fleet, and walk us from whatever MOS to... Going to ARS, man. Like, so what? What? Well, what yeah, I, yeah. Because you showed up, you showed up at SOI, right? And then they did they give you an opportunity to do the indoc at SOI? No, that I, I don't think that was a thing, or or maybe it was, but it was. You know how, it was. You know how it, it is, like much. when when you're like that age and and that lower rank. I, I'm just I'm just doing what I'm told, you know, and and moving to places that I'm told to go to. So I maybe that was a thing, and I just didn't know. Maybe maybe they looked at me and they were like, "That guy's not recon stuff," you know. At that time, I don't I don't know, you know. Uh, and I and I think I was always like I, I was always an average guy. Like I was never the guy that was just like that guy runs a fifteen minute three mile. That guy you know has an eight pack. Like I was the I was the guy that did everything to standard. Yeah, you, you know. So. So I get to I get to SOI, and uh, I'm an O three eleven. Uh, I end up going over to to become an O three thirty one. Right. So there was like a, a time in the training where they're like, "You're going to be an O three thirty one," and I went over and became a machine gunner. Uh, I I graduated uh, SOI, and then I go to uh, Fox two eight, which is in North Carolina. I check in there. And I mean, we're already in a, it was a weird situation. We were already like in a workup, right? So we're, we're about to go in deployment. And now like back then, like I check in and there's like, this is the senior Lance corporal. Like that's not a thing anymore, but like these guys were, you know, at almost at four years, Lance corporal and, and they knew their shit or they were a total shit bag. Um, and they were in charge of us, and we were just going through hell, right? Within six months of me being there, I'm on deployment. Like, I'm on deployment with the 24th Mew. I just got there. I don't even know where the fucking PX is, and I'm going on deployment. I don't have a car. <laughs> um, 
you know, nothing. I'm, tr- I'm just trying to figure stuff out. We go on deployment. Uh, it was a, a Mediterranean cruise, right? So this is back in the day when, like, I mean, these med floats were out of control. You're going to all these countries. You're doing a little training with, with foreign militaries. But for the most part, you are uh, you are partying, right? So we're in you know Marmaris, we're in Barcelona, we're we're all over the place, and we're we're just partying our balls off. We're, I just turned twenty one, so I could drink. Um, You're like, this is the best thing in the world. It it, it was incredible. It, it was I and I throughout my career, I would talk about this deployment because that was the last one right and i'll i'll talk a little bit about that in a second that was the last one of of that type so like you were part of the legacy of you know med cruises and so on on that deployment we're in italy and we're doing uh we're doing some training so we're doing land navigation at this time and they pull us all in from land navigation and there's like this this like campground and we're all sitting at these tables and you know the first sergeant is up front and he's like all right so this is what just happened uh you know some planes hit the world trade center um and so i'm with like my buddies you know all the pfcs and we're like fuck man we're going to be running all around these friggin' bushes now. This is going to be a stupid scenario. Like, cause, cause this would happen, right? They, they would come up with a scenario and, and then, Oh, you guys thought it was bullshit. Yeah. We just thought it was another one of these things. Like I'm going to sit in the back of an Amtrak for the next 10 hours now. Uh, and, and then he goes, Hey, we got, we have phones up here. If you have family that work there or live in the area, please come up here and contact them. And we were like, holy shit, dude. You're like, this is real. This is, this is real. Now at the time, like we didn't see any footage or anything. This was just word of mouth. Um, because we were, we were out in the middle of the woods in in Italy. Uh, so like, uh, you know, when they said that everyone was like, this is real. So, we immediately pack up and we head back to the ship and we get back on the ship and now it's like war mode. Right. So everybody's like, we're going to war. And, and at this time, even like during the invasion in Oh three, like we never did war. Like everybody that was in the Marine Corps, we, we never, we never did the war thing. So it was like, we're fucking down in the well decks. We're taking, you know, machine guns apart. We're, we're fucking doing dry drills. We're doing everything. And we just, we just kind of, you know, cut gators for a couple months and then we came home. And so that's, that's how that all happened. But let me go back to like how I became a recon Marine. So on that ship, we were at a port. Uh, this was early in that deployment. And, I, I actually, I smoked cigarettes at the time. So I was on the, you know, the smoke deck on the side of the, the uh, ship there. So I'm like smoking cigarettes and these dudes come on the deck, right? And they come running by and they're all wearing these little tiny like black shorts. And they're fucking, these dudes are jacked, big ass mustaches, tattooed, 
right? And and I was like, holy fuck. And I, I remember like my, my best friend in the grunts was Charleston. I think he's like an, an SF dude now. Um, not security forces. Uh, so, so he, uh, we, we just started like, dude, that's what we want. I don't know what the fuck that is, but we need to do whatever the hell that is. Um, because it's, it's badass and it's way better than what we're doing right now. So we like go back and we talk to the squad leader and the platoon sergeant and we're like, Hey, we saw these guys today. Um, you know, what, what is that? And they're like, that's force recon. And we're like, and we're brand new. We don't even know what that what that is. You know, maybe some guys did that were like, you know, studied up on the Marine Corps because it's not like it is today where I could Google shit or you know right. get it off my cell phone. And uh, so I, we're like, we're like, how do we do that? And the platoon sergeant was just like, I don't fucking know. You know, like you didn't care about like my career or you know things that I wanted to do. So I was like, so we just kind of like started investigating we started seeing these guys like on the ship and then we saw them wearing the hoodies the old recon hoodies and everything so we get back and um i i took the the indoc i took the indoc there at uh at french creek uh if you guys remember french creek that's where you know second force was so i i go over there i take the indoc um it was a staff sergeant uh that was in charge at the time and I, I do it. I, I go back to my unit. So we did like an oral thing. It was like a three-day event, right? And the oral thing was like, I do all the, you know, the hard stuff. I'm not like top of the fucking class or anything, but I made it, right? And that's what I was told. Like, hey, just, just do it. Don't quit, right? And I didn't quit and I made it through every event, but I wasn't the fastest. I wasn't the fastest swimmer, like none of that stuff. And so we get to the oral board and there's like, there's like probably 10 of us sitting at this long ass table. And I'm like in the middle, which I'm glad I was, I'm glad I picked that seat. Cause he goes to the first guy that's sitting next to him. And he's like, why do you think that, you know, you deserve to be a recon Marine, you know? And I'm like, holy shit. Like, and <laughs> so the, I had like probably like four guys in front of me and they're just saying stupid at like, well, fucking recon dudes are badass, man. You know, like I want to be badass too. And and I oh and he's God. like, he's like, okay, go grab your sea bag, uh, and so and so will escort you out. So I'm like, fuck, I got to put something together. I don't even remember what I said, uh, but I knew like I couldn't say that shit, right? And I learned that throughout the whole my whole career. I would like pick my spot at tables ever since then. So I wasn't like the first guy, you know, I can get some cliff notes and shit. And uh, so they came to me, I said my spiel and it was probably corny. I can't really remember. And he was like, okay, you go over here. And so then afterwards, all the guys that made it, there was like five of us and come to find out like throughout this in doc, all the guys that were like telling us to do stuff, they were all in rip. Like, I didn't even know this until I got to rip. And I was like, you were one of the instructors. And he's like, I'm in rip, man. I've been here for three months. Like they were all rip dudes. The only dude was that staff sergeant. That was a, a recon dude. And uh, so I'm going I'm to cut you off real quick. Cause I listeners yeah. probably have no idea what the fuck you're talking about. Rip is recon introduction platoon. And it's about three weeks. It's whatever it is before you actually get a spot to go into recon school at that time was ARS. 
or BRC. So. Yeah, and they, and they don't they don't even call it that anymore. Nothing is a uh, indoctrination. It's all screeners. Um, <laughs> so so that's that's long gone. That's a legacy. So um, so anyway, the guy's like, all right, go back to your command and tell them that uh, you made it through the screener and you need to come over here to second force rip. So I'm like, sweet. So I run. I didn't have a car. You know, so I run from French Creek all the way back to two eight and I go to sleep just fucking pumped. Like, like, like my world is going to be different, right? It's going to be hard, but I just, I just did something. It was a different feeling than like, you know, SOI or anything like that is it, it was like, I am, I'm going to be part of something, you know, yeah. now. and so I, I go to bed. And I wake up in the morning and we go to formation, right? So every morning there was formation and you stood out there in the cold for, you know, an hour. Then the first sergeant comes out and tells you something. And this was all like pre-war stuff, right? And so the first sergeant comes out and I'm like, you know, hey, I got a question. And I go up to him and I go, hey, I just took the indoc. And again, like... This was before like things were organized, like in the in the Marine Corps, like this was before computers and stuff. Uh, so I go up to him and I'm like, "Hey, I just took the indoc. They told me I'm good to come over. Um, you know, I, I need to go over there pretty much." And I, I'm just I'm PFC man, and I I might have been a lance corporal at this time. I don't remember, but anyway, he's like he's like cool story. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. So so he's like, "All right, come with me." And he brings me in and I'm sitting down with the uh, company commander and I'm telling him, you know, what I just did and I need to go over there. And he's like, he's like, well, uh, we're staying, you know, you're an asset here. We can't just, we can't just let you go. Uh, And I'm thinking I'm, I'm 21 years old. So in my head, I'm like, I'm, I'm a fucking asset. Like I'm a machine gun. I'm not even a team leader. Uh, I'm, I don't think I'm that much of an asset, right? And and all I do over here is I go to formations and then I sit in my fucking room and then I do a formation and then I eat lunch and then I go to my room and then I do a formation and then I, I go to the strip club or, you know. We, we can't work without you. Whatever we can't work without you. Yeah, they can't do without me, right? So anyway, <laughs> uh, now, now I wait for work to, you know, be done. We get secured and... I run back over to second force and I'm like, Hey, staffs aren't. So I told them and they said, I'm too much of an asset. And he's like, all right, uh, tell them that we are the meth and you are being told that you are going to come over here. And I'm like, I'm like, got it. So I run back over next day, brings me into the company commander's office. I, Hey, the staffs aren't said that they are the meth. Um, and, and I am, I, I have, I'm supposed to be over there. There was no like paperwork or anything. Right. Now, thinking back to it, I'm like, what the hell? This is weird. Yeah. And so then same thing. He's like, you're not fucking going over there. So I run back over there that night and I'm like, they still said no. And he's like, all right, you tell them you're, you're going to request mass. And I'm like, what, well, what is that? And he's like, you don't need to know. They're not really going to do it. And I'm like, all right. So I run back over next morning, same thing. And I go, I need to request mass. So then he goes and tells that to the company commander and, and they're like, 
all right, tell him to pack his shit and go. And I was like, all right. So I packed my stuff and I just went over there. There was like no paperwork or anything. Maybe there was like behind the scenes, but it wasn't like it is now. Uh, And and that's, I was in RIP for probably a month. And, And then I went to ARS and I... I mean, I got smoked in rent. Like, yeah. I mean, it was it was rough. Uh, another funny story. So, we had this gunny um, that ran Second Force Rip, and he was he was a madman. Like, and he was so old. Like, thinking back to that time, I mean, this guy looked like he was like sixty years old. And maybe guys look at me like that now. You know, because he was probably like my age and he would, uh, he had this dog that was in every formation. He only had three legs, this dog. And, uh, <laughs> and he was just everywhere with us. We do calisthenics like out front the building and, uh, this dog would come out and just like be, you know, licking our balls as we're like doing like hello dollies and shit. <laughs> and I remember like one time. I'm like, I'm like, Hey, get a, get away, get away. You know? And everybody's like chewing them away from their ball sacks. And, and the gunny, he's like, let them do it. Let them do it. And and it was just, I mean, weird shit like Doran Rip. Sounds sounds like the Marine Corps. Yeah. Yeah, Jesus Christ. So, I mean, we go to, uh, we go to ARS and ARS was just like, on unreal man yeah i mean every single day you're running through the swamps of you know fort story it was a small so i I got something right yeah did you ever see this fucking picture oh yeah the death card dude that's so it was a joint navy marine corps thing that just started it was the fucking marine corps training advisor group or whatever so that that was in 07 when we closed down yeah, and and do so. I showed up there, and it was me, and they they fucking had another dude who was a Sark. We were the first two medical guys there, and then basically, other than like they had one other Navy guy that was fucking there doing admin shit. Everyone else was a Marine. I'm like, this isn't much of a fucking joint command. What the fuck are you guys talking about? Is 99.9 percent of the people here are fucking Marine Corps, but. Up on the up on the top of the hill where they had that pavilion, there's all those yep. coins and and um, they had coins in there and they had freaking paddles. The dude, the Marines are just tearing this shit down, throwing it in the fucking dumpster. Dude, they had a fucking that's so insane. sad. You guys there were memorials up there for um, yep. uh, I know Oblice was up there. Yep. Um, dude, I, I horrible know. shit. They so you guys had a bar built in there. The fucking yep. staff had a bar built in there that had all these. Co- Dude, I watched them tear the fucking this bar out. Dude, Marine Corps history, trashing it. Trashing every bit of it. I was just like, what the fuck? And the other guy that was there with me, the Sark, I think he had gone through ARS there. His name was uh, Matt Stoltz. And he's just like, what the fuck? Why are you guys doing this? He's like, this should go to the fucking... I mean, Quantico is like fucking an hour and a half away. Take this shit to Quantico. Let them decide what to do with it. They're just like, yeah, fuck it. They said throw it away. Dude, that's destroyed that place. That's sad. Horrible. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so when, uh, 
when I went through uh, ARS, so you know that that bottom building, that brand new building at the bottom of the hill. So yep. that was that wasn't a thing, right? So it was just that top building, and that was the barracks. And then, yeah, that's so small too. And then where where you said you saw that um, uh, that bar, so that was our drying cages. Gotcha. And then, uh, so you remember the cabana that was, uh, it, it was built on like a, like a gun turret. Yep. So we built that when I was an instructor there. I'm not, I didn't build that. So we had like CBs come and they built that yep. up there. Um, but yeah, so we stayed in those, like it was, it was probably a condemned building when I was a student. It, it was bad. Um, but like, man, I mean, that, it, that changed my life. Like turned me into a different person. Uh, ARS was, was something. And you know, everybody does this. Right. And I remember being a young guy and meeting older guys and, and they're like, well, when I did it, you know, they used to light us on fire, you know, and like it was, it was, it's always gonna be that way. But, but it was different because I, I also worked at BRC like current day. Right. And I was the ops chief there just four years ago. And I, I will tell you this, like, and this is what I tell everybody is like ARS, when you graduate it, you had like a third ball in your ball sack. Like you, you just knew that like you could last forever. You could run forever. You could swim forever. You know, you could endure pain uh, like no other. Nowadays, like, I don't think they have that as much. But they're way smarter, right? Because when I graduated and I went to a team, I couldn't work a radio. Like I had to, I had to get those classes because we got those right. classes. But I never like actually like absorbed it. Right. It was just running, swimming, feeling pain, you know, and that's what you got out of it, which is which is a good thing. Uh, I'm, I'm very thankful for that. Uh, but they are they're way smarter nowadays. And I will tell you this also. So like the the pool training that they do at BRC now, I would say is way more intense than what we got at ARS. Really? Uh, yeah. They, these deep end cards that they're doing 16 foot. Uh, I mean, these guys are swimmers. Uh, when I, when I see them now, I think back to, you know, 23 years ago and I'm like, I don't think I would have made this. <laughs> like these guys are fucking swimmers, man. What what did you guys what pool did you guys use at Fort Story? Little Creek. We used the oh, seal. Oh, you went you gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know yeah. if it's still there, but the seal pool and they had the seal O course yep. that hung from yep. above it. Up above it, yeah. yeah. That's yeah, because I was at that's where I was. I was over on the amphibious base there and yeah, so we'd we'd run over to that fucking pool every day and you guys use the O course and all that stuff over there? Yep. The uh the seal O course, yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah, good so times. We, you graduated ARS, man, and where did you go from there? So I went right back to Second Recon. Um, I was, I think it was Alpha Company. Um, went into Alpha Company and just kind of kind of sat around for a little bit until I I got my my platoon all like formed up. Uh, went through schools phase, and then. We were like in the middle of a workup, and that's when like we're going to war. 
Um, so, so now it's, it's time to deploy. We, you know, deployed to, uh, Kuwait, you know, you know how it went, sat there for a while. And then we went in, man, like that, that was another kind of short period, you know, like when I showed up at the fronts. OEF was actually going on. Afghanistan was going on. You're talking about OIF. So that's part of the listeners out there. He's talking about Iraq. Like 98% of the military had nothing to do with Afghanistan. It was only a small contingent of military guys that actually fucked with that. So, so yeah. What year? So you're, you're doing your workups and all that stuff. And they're like, Hey, you guys are going into Iraq. What year was that? I, that had to be, uh, January, Still O one or O two? O three. Yeah, early O three, I think. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so we're in the middle of like an like an RNS package. And uh and we get called in, you know, I, I want to say it was like a Friday, and they're like, everybody needs to be at the barracks. And we were all kind of living at the ba- like none of us were there was like one dude that was married. Um and we're just like, holy fuck, this is real, dude. Like this is the real deal. And I mean, it, it was like a week and we were gone, like had everything packed up and we were gone and we were just like stoked. Uh, we were scared. Like, I mean, it it was a brand new thing. Right. So no, Uh, nobody, nobody did war before that. Uh, At least not, not the platoon that I had, even my platoon sergeant, the, you know, the, uh, the company, you know, ops chief, like nobody, nobody did war. Dude, the only recon Marines that had done any war were Bravo Company 2nd Platoon and a couple other platoons from 1st Recon that did Afghanistan. And they weren't there that long. And it was part of a, it was part of a Mew, man. So, yeah, no, no one, this is, this is new shit. Well, even no before that, I mean, if you think about, if you think about before, like if you even take Afghanistan out of the mix, I mean, you're talking about all these staff sergeants, probably, you know, senior sergeants getting ready to be staff sergeant gunnies and stuff. Nothing. What, what was the fucking thing before that? Nothing. Grenada, Panama, like what? Yeah. There was nothing, you know, unless they they had some like, you know, Neo operation in Africa or something that guys kind of got a little bit. And it wasn't that war, but nobody right. did anything like, no. like. Bobby saying nobody did anything for years and years and years, you know. Yeah. Bali was the last, the last yeah. one. Yeah, well, yeah. There, there, was, uh, there was Croatia or Kosovo. Um, because that was on that was on my deployment with the 24th view. I didn't I, I didn't take part in that. But that was like a thing, but I mean it was nothing like, you know, and I mean Iraq. you know, when uh for the invasion, like my company, um we we didn't do anything as close as you know what what Jason's guys did. Um, we were, I mean, we we like guarded bridges, and you know, we didn't we didn't do much at all, man. Oh, during your Iraq deployment, yeah, during during the invasion, like second recon, we we didn't do much. I mean, there was little things here and there, little gunfights, but nothing highly kinetic until you know. Until I went back there, you know, six months later, you know, yeah. and then yeah. that's when like IEDs started happening and, and it was highly kinetic. It was totally new. Were um, you Ramadi, that second pump? Where, I think you were so Ramadi. That, that second pump, I was everywhere. We went out as a uh, uh, force recon debt 
and we worked at a Cal Sioux, uh, which was south of Fallujah, and we were everywhere. We just, I mean, twenty fourth Mew, we were everywhere. Doing, we were doing in, Hilo, in Fallujah. Hilo we and were, vehicles. What's that? We doing Hilo and vehicles. Hilo vehicles, yeah, everything. Yeah. Hell yeah! So that was like it sounded like your dispersion between. OEF one and two was the same distance, like six months on, huh? and then you were back, back over there. Yeah. So, so I actually, um, and we were talking about this, uh, just recently. So oh, yeah. that during the invasion, I actually stayed, uh, behind for like, I think it was like another three or four months. Uh, I was left behind. So, uh, my team leader who was like, like, he sucked, right? He was a sucky team leader, <laughs> but, but he was a sergeant, you know, and, and he had the spot. Well, the, uh, my platoon sergeant gave him the duty of doing uh, washdowns because he was just so shitty. And uh, he, like, starts crying and shit, and he's like, I can't. I got to go back to my wife and blah, blah, blah. And so I heard about this, and I was like – Hey, what is this? And he's like, well, you got to stay here for washdowns. And I'm like, will I still get like tax-free combat pay? And he's like, yeah. And I was like, I'll do it. So, so I took that from him and, and I'm just like hanging out in, in Kuwait doing washdowns. Like I got to wash the vehicles so they can get on ship. And it was supposed to be two weeks long. And so I show up there and there's like this reservist group from New York and they were all like cops and firefighters from New York, like Motor T Reservists. And uh, I, it was me and another guy from uh, First Recon, another cor- corporal. And we show up in this tent and we're like, hey, we're, we're the guys from Recon to do the washdowns with you guys. And they're like, fucking Recon? Like, <laughs> you know, and, and we were like kind of like celebrities a little bit. They were like, you guys don't have to do anything. And, and we're like, we're like, well, we're, we're down to, to do this. Like we'll go down to wash racks and, and, and do this. So we go down to the wash racks and it just turns into like, we're just down there in little black shorts, sunbathing, you know, and then we go to the gym and then we eat, you know, so it was, it was cool. And I just got stuck there. Like I was there for like over three months and there was like no community shit. Yeah. So I'm just like living this like combat pay tax free in Kuwait, eating good food, working out, you know, I mean, when where, I, came where were you at? Where are you at? Arif Sean? What, what yeah. camp were you at? Yeah. Arif Arif Sean. yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and I mean, there was a bunch of other stuff that I'm not going to mention, but, uh, like there it was, it was craziness going on over there and I got back and I like show up at second recon and I'm like, Hey, I'm back. And they're just like, Oh, we were wondering where you were like, cause there was no communication. Like that wasn't a thing at the time. They were just kind of like, he's over there. We'll, we'll see him when he gets back. And <laughs> I mean, I came back big as fuck. All I did was work out and tan. Uh, I mean, it, it, it was <laughs> fucking great, man. It was like a vacation. Holy shit. You got your own, like, mini deployment. Holy shit. 
This has been Savage Actual. Jason and Patrick are two former special operations guys who interview interesting guests who talk about video games, airsoft, and military subjects. Basically, they drink a lot of beer, talk about shooter games, and have fun. What's not to love? We hope you've enjoyed the show. If you did, make sure to like, rate, and review. And the fellas will be back soon. But in the meantime, find them on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Savage Actual. Y'all be cool, and we'll see you next time.